I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. It's Kat. And on this episode, not only do we have the whole gang here, we've also got a really cool guest. He's a musician and sent in a email uh, referring to a song that he had written that he wanted us to check out. And I can't wait to hear about how that refers to hauntings he experienced as a child. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We're stoked yeah. to have you. I We haven't had a ton of, of musicians on, so this will be really rad to... to hear all about this song and your experiences. Um, Sweet, yeah. Before we jump in, we'd love to know where you fall on the believe-o-meter. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? I'm probably like a solid 8.5. Okay. Solid yeah. number. Yeah. Well, so a little room for like skepticism, maybe maybe not a ghost, but like you know, pretty. Right. Yeah like the way I've thought about it and discussed it is that there's always room for like, you know, this weird metaversal stuff or, you know, yeah. as a kid growing up in the South, it was like, everything was demonic, you know? So it's like, maybe that's a demon, not a ghost, you know? So it allows room for some of that, but yeah. I'm I've glad seen, you mentioned the more that. I believe. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel like I'm I'm from the like Midwest originally, and like I growing up didn't think I thought maybe like ten percent of people believed in ghosts, and then moving to the South, I was like, oh no, like every single person almost like full fully believes in ghosts. It was a big culture shock. So that yeah. feels validating to, to me. Good, that, good. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Stephen, so the song you sent in is called Maple and I believe people yeah. can find it um, on Spotify, YouTube, various places where you find audio or uh-huh. music. I don't know why I called it audio, but, um, and the name of the song so, is Maple. Your own and, record. Well, yeah. no, that's still cool. <laughs> yeah, that's Take pretty, that's pretty cool. If you have it on a record. <laughs> If you go and search Bowman and Maple, it should come up. Is that right? Yeah, it should come oh. up. Um, yeah, I have a, a, a featured artist with me on the track. Her name is Sherry Rowe. She is a country artist that I worked with out in Phoenix, and she was a co-writer on it and is just a fantastic human being. And so she brought a little bit of humanity and hope to my creepy cynicism <laughs> that can happen with my writing. So if you search for her as well, you'll find it. I feel like that's what Kat does for us on this podcast. So I totally get it. <laughs> it's Joy so and happiness. <laughs> I instantly feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we'll play Fine. the song in a little bit in the podcast. But I would love to know what your origin story is with the supernatural. I mean, my understanding is this song has a relationship to your grandmother's home. Is that correct? Yeah, it does. So the name Maple actually comes from the street the house was on. So my grandmother Mm -hmm. lived on Maple Street in Lexington, Tennessee. So it's a a small little town. um, And we would spend holidays and summer weekends there growing up. And uh, I was pretty young when I first experienced something in her house. But um, I, for years, never understood why I was so afraid of the house. And that, I think, was kind of the start of just cluing into something was off. And uh, us cousins would spend the night and dare each other to climb the stairs. Um, So this house was a two-story house. Um, Actually, the the single artwork for the song, you can kind of see a little bit of the house in it, but had a very sharp, um, big, steeped pitch to the roof. And so inside, they had added on the second floor later. So it had this really awkward, steep staircase that we'd have to climb up to get up there. And then the walls would like jut out at all these different angles. And so there were definitely noises and shadows and things that scare kids. Um, But we would, I mean, we all swore we would see someone up there sometimes when Mm. we'd climb the stairs. And, you know, you'd you'd freak out, run back down. Like, oh, my God, there's someone up there. You go. And then the other cousin would go and there's nothing there. Um, So one night when I uh, spent the night there with my family, I became aware of these footsteps that were just walking around me. Um, now I was sleeping in kind of the landing at the top of the the staircase and I was terrified and I hated it and it was hot and uncomfortable. Um, but my younger sister was in one of the bedrooms and then the other bed was, I guess, where my, my parents were eventually going to retire after they went to bed. Um, but I heard the fan going, kind of the, the click of the fan But then in addition to that, I heard kind of a irregular footstep and I was like, is my dad up here? So I like looked, there was no one there. Um, Then I I started getting kind of freaked out the more I listened and um, I, it was like stopping by me and I could hear, hear it walking. 
And so I ran down and my dad's like, you're just hearing things. It's, you know, the typical kind of, you know, I don't think he meant to do this, but you know, you put down the child and it's just like, that's, you know, you're, you're making this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I mean, I was terrified. I didn't want to spend the night there anymore. And I honestly kind of pushed that out of my mind for years and years and years. Um, and I mean, I've had other stories with other people and other circumstances throughout my life, but that never really came back until, uh, probably the last two years of my grandmother's life when she talked about the boy that lived in this house. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. I think this is a perfect opportunity for us to put in and play the song before we jump into the, the big reveal of the haunting of the home for our audience. So audience check this song out. It really slaps. I have listened to it numerous (laughs) times. It it does. It's like right up my alley for the kind of music I like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, check it out. And then we'll see you on the other side. Had my eyes I cannot see The shadow that we do not speak of Goodness knows you won't believe it The truth is always darker than it seems I dare not climb that crooked staircase As the angles where it hides you Step and step, beckon by a silhouette Help me, Lord, hear my prayer, heal my mind Let the embers glow, let the ashes all be scattered
I don't care if you feel the same For the best, for the worst We're gonna watch this story burn Till all that's left of the shadow is the flame Let the embers glow Let the ashes all be scattered They will hold audience we're back make sure you write in let us know what you think and for sure go on spotify and like and follow steven bowman for sharing that awesome music with us so steven yeah go ahead you're telling Mm -hmm. us what your grandmother was telling you about the boy yeah so um one little bit of information i'm going to throw in here as well that definitely affects things is this house um they moved out of it uh, probably around 2004 just because they wanted to downsize. And only a couple of years later, that house burned down. So the Maple Street house is no more. And we were always like, huh, that's kind of weird. You know, it's it's old, probably something electrical. And I think that's what ultimately they said happened. Did you get in trouble for burning it down? I saw yeah. in the video that you were lighting matches. If there is a ghost threatening my family, I may or may not burn down a house to protect those I care about. <laughs> yeah. I get but that. it was not I. It was not I. I did not do the the deed. Um, but no, the the whole story kind of came to light many, many years later. And she didn't really talk much about it. It was just kind of offhanded comments. And I know she talked more to my dad about it. And he, after um, my grandmother passed, um, she um the, there were there were more stories that he was talking about that she had apparently entrusted him with. Um, But I never really got to talk much about the boy with her other than it was just kind of this understanding that Nana was a little, a little funky. And she said there was a boy that lived in the house, but then I started remembering the stories of, you know, being afraid of the house and my experience as a child. And it started kind of coming back up. So uh, I decided that one of the songs I was going to write for my project was going to be about that house 
and the fear that I felt. Um, so all the songs I've been writing recently have been inspired directly by the homes that I spent time in as a child, whether it's grandparents, the houses we lived in directly, just there's different emotions, different um, stories that kind of are associated with each one. And so for this one, I was like, you know what, let's do a story about this ghost. So I kind of took the little bits that I knew about being afraid, about boy, about um, the shadows and the angle bounds. And then I fictionalized this account of me burning the house down to rescue the or save the people that I love. Um, and that led to the lyrics of the song. Um, but what I find crazy, which just absolutely blows my mind, is at my grandmother's funeral, um, which this all happened fairly recently. So she passed last fall. The song mm -hmm. had been finished. Um, it hadn't been released yet. But some of the relatives heard about it and that I was going to be releasing a song about the house. And so they were coming up to me at the funeral going, oh, we heard about the song about the house. And did you know that we saw the boy? Oh. So, <laughs> Simultaneous gasps. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I had I love... chills. It, it was so cool because I almost wanted to, you know, go back and maybe add a verse, you know, because <laughs> I was getting more <laughs> details. But yeah, uh, one of my relatives, um, she said that um, she had been washing dishes in the kitchen and had felt like someone was watching her. And she turned mm -hmm. and saw like this little boy standing in the other room and he just ran off. But, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was a, a neighbor kid. She said he was kind of an old timey clothes. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. always. Okay. Yep. Always freaking <laughs> me out when she's telling me. I mean, we're having this conversation in a funeral home, so that doesn't help, you know. But <laughs> then she said that she woke up, uh, I think, around three in the morning once and that same little boy was at the foot of the bed watching them sleep of course always uh, why do they do that i just that's so rude it's so <laughs> also rude. when it's when so i hear rude. kid and old-timey clothes do y'all do this i always picture them in a fedora i don't know why but they have to have a fedora mm. they definitely have like a like the a newsy waistcoat cap. the newsy that's cap. what yeah, i was yeah, picturing yeah. is newsy. sorry yeah. newsy cap yeah not yeah, yeah. a fedora yeah not so you want to haunt me thing. or sell a newspaper to me <laughs> yeah. uh, like they they're always in old-timey clothes and they're always just staring at you at 3 a.m and yeah, i don't get it always. or when you're cooking every night and isn't well, that though like the witching hour like yeah it's supposed to be yeah so it's like i'm it's interesting like and this is not like you know some relatives are definitely the kind of people that would add a little spice to a story to make it better. Mm -hmm. Dan is just very like straight laced, just a good person. Just will tell you things like it is. She wasn't making things up. She's just like, Oh yeah. And yeah. then we woke up and he was just, you know, just watching us at the foot of the bed at three mm -hmm. in the morning. And you know, I was way more alarmed than she apparently was. And she said um, that both she and Nana experienced it just as a mischievous little ghost like it would move things around and she said she had like a little cross that was above the doorway and it would be like turned sideways or crooked and things would be missing and you know that kind of stuff she's like he's just a mischievous little boy yeah although mm -hmm. if that cross was turned upside down that's a totally different ghost right yeah <laughs> this episode of the real hauntings real ghost stories podcast is brought to you by wild grain hey everyone it's noah daniels and i'm here to talk to you again about wild grain our last shipment of wild grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner and i'm not gonna lie i'm right there with him 
And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. I totally agree. And it's it's funny that like she was as calm about the whole situation. And to them, it was just kind of a... And, and maybe it's because they're so much more in tune with just the Southern folklore of the area... It's just a thing that you deal with. Okay, our house has a ghost. Oh, well. And I mean, me being that dramatic kid that became a musician, everything like that was terrifying. So like, that is it, true. It, it is funny in the South how like so many people will be like, oh, yeah, we had a ghost in our house when I grew up. My uh, friend yeah. of mine from high school, well, I was friends with her since like kindergarten, but she, we grew up across the street from each other, but she grew up in a different home and then moved into that home because her previous home burned down, um, which is the story actually just reminded me of that. And the house that she grew up in, she would talk about at school sometimes about how there was a baby ghost that lived in the basement of that home. And they would just hear, you know, a child crying in the middle of the night. And it got to the point where they just ignored it. You know, it happens mm -hmm. so frequent. <laughs> and I have been really trying to get her to come on the podcast. It's hard to kind of explain to people from high school, like, hey, I've got this podcast, you know, I do with my friends and, you know, it's popular. We talk about ghosts and they're just like, oh, okay. I'm like, you want to come on? They're like, sure. And then I never hear from them again. So. It is <laughs> literally the hardest thing to reach out to an old friend and be like, do you remember that one time you used to tell me that you had like really in intense like sleep paralysis, whereas like you felt like someone was grabbing your ankles? I know that was 10 years ago, but could you come on my podcast? I hope you're doing well. <laughs> like <laughs> it is. Yeah. And so hopefully I'll get her on, but it, you know, so many people did grow up 
with those types of stories. So Stephen, you were hearing yeah. these stories at the funeral. Did did it, was anybody able to give any perspective of why the home may have been haunted, or was it just the homes haunted? We don't know, but um, I did talk to a cousin um, who was also really interested in the history of the house and everything, and they had, uh, when Nana was still alive, actually started to research the house itself. And of course, as luck would have it, the records of the house at uh, a certain point, I don't know when, I think he said like maybe the 20s or the 30s, had burned because the courthouse caught on fire. Yeah. So, Likely story, right? It's like fire, <laughs> fire. Yeah, just, you know, like a serial. Like something ghost doesn't want us yeah. to know what's going on there. Who this kid was? Yeah, it's interesting though. I I would love to know because I've I've asked other family members and like even people that lived on the street. Like, do you remember anything happening like mm-hmm. in your own house? Like, do or do you remember anything about this house on Maple Street? And everyone said it was a pretty quiet little street um however i know that there was a neighbor who committed suicide in his house um and there was this whole kind of i guess it'd be like an urban legend even though it was real just that you know the kids would kind of talk about it it was like this horrible thing that just kind of made you freak out about that house but it it doesn't really seem to connect with why this boy would be in the other house i mean it it was built around the turn of the century, um, as far as we know, like around 1900. So it's old, yeah, very old. And then they added on to it. So, I mean, who knows how many people lived there? Yeah. No, we should have Teresa or someone come on and see what they think. Try to diagnose it. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. pretty cool. That'd be really cool. What? Uh, so, Stephen, did your family members hear the song and what they think about it? They did. Um, and everyone loves it. I... I, I was worried about it, honestly, because it, it's a little weird for your tribute to your beloved grandmother to be a song about being afraid of her house. Right. You know? <laughs> but uh, I think at the end of the day, we all saw her as a storyteller who loved history and loved urban legends and the stories about our community and the people in them. And that was kind of the thing that brought us together. And so she would whenever people were over she'd tell us stories like that so it just felt proper that the song that was a tribute to her was something that she inspired in me Mm. Um, and i think all my family members they it's making them think back on their own time at the house and i mean yeah there were scary moments but there were so many great moments and you know the holidays and like we've been looking through old footage and photos because of the song that like we're finding things we didn't even remember and footage we'd never seen. And it's just really kind of cool. I think it's bringing the family together in a different way. That's really neat. You're able to like, you know, share your art with, with your family and have it like resonate so personally for, for everyone um, in your family. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, we, we, come from prior to podcasting doing uh improv comedy as our creative outlet which most of our family uh you know wouldn't give a shit about so cool to like be like your family like enjoy this artwork that i made that once a year they go wait y'all have a podcast what or like for like every week yep uh too too true too true um 
So Stephen, you had these experiences there and you had them validated at the funeral. Once you were able to tie that all together mentally, did it really freak you out knowing that that was a ghost or the probability was pretty high that that was a ghost that was walking by you in the home? Um, I don't know. In hindsight, I think it was more of a, I mean, the, the validation, you know, that's what I, I needed. And it's, I think anyone, you know, feels, feels good to know that they're being heard, um, and believed when something happens. And, uh, I've always kind of taken things really seriously, even as a kid. And so to maybe not be believed in that moment, you know, and then see it come back all these years later to where everyone's going, Nope, that actually did happen. This is, this is true. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel, feel kind of vindicated or something yeah. like, I don't know. I was able to process her death better because of the story and the song and the way it all happened. I had really low expectations just because we get all kinds of things in email. You know? yep. <laughs> and then I, I turned it, I, I hit play and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> real? like way too good and i had to go and like look it up and i was like all right this is for real this is just an awesome song that uh this that steven oh, sweet. made Glad well you like it. you so you you've had this music now and you, you've you mm -hmm. had those experiences validated have there been any other experiences in your life that you give more credence to now knowing that that one could have been real there are a couple circumstances that um like i used to think were demonic <laughs> and i mean i was uh i mean raised christian household very like you know demons are real watch out for the spiritual warfare i mean maybe to an extreme like it is what it is but i remember as probably maybe a six seven year old like i was pretty young going to a friend's house and it was an old home that they were staying in and there was a similar kind of situation with the upstairs where the kids, for some reason, we dare each other to go to the top. And I was so scared. And at that point, I wouldn't even go. I was just like, no, because it was just there was something in the darkness that I felt. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just I feel like maybe kids are a little bit more attuned to the spiritual things. But it just like in hindsight, I think I was I was seeing things or or feeling things um, because of my experience with the house. And it was like warning me to stay away so that maybe I wouldn't get into a situation I didn't want to be in. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. It's me thinking out loud there, but no, I definitely, I would say, yeah, I definitely agree that kids are way more in touch with unfiltered perception of, you know, stimuli in the environment. Mm -hmm. And that's a very like technical way to say, I just think they're, you know, they don't have all the judgments and words and filters that adults then put on you and say, no, that's not true. And then you grow up forgetting about all that stuff. And I think also to that extent, there's humans and people and adults and kids that have a heightened sense of that feeling. And I think it's definitely a protective sense. What else would it be for? Like if everyone right. was accepted the fact that we are like feeling beings that can feel, I mean, we accept that, but like, you know, feeling things other than using our five primary senses, um, then there's got to be a level of some kids have it more, some have it less. Adults have it more, adults have it less, just like mm -hmm. vision and hearing and that kind of stuff. And yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's a protection thing, survival, right? Right. 
it still freaks like my wife is much like JJ, pretty um, stoic and her skepticism of all of this stuff, you know, but it, it freaks her out because whenever we're watching TV or a movie, I can just, my brain knows when she's falling asleep from like two chairs over. I just always like pause it and I go, Hey, are you asleep? And she's like, how do you know? And I'm like, I, I can't explain it. It's just like the energy shifted in the room. Like I just, I can feel it in my bones that you are now asleep and every yeah. like hundred percent batting average on this. Like it is, it's, that's awesome. You know, there's just things that happen that you can't explain, but they're intuitively part of you. Also, TikTok took me down this like really weird rabbit hole and I discovered something called a dark empath. So definitely recommend looking into that for our audience. I did not know that existed and it kind of freaked me out. Um, not as fun as the new Hoochie Daddy shorts uh, trend on, <laughs> on TikTok. I've only, I've only seen one so far. The Hoochie Daddy shorts? Yeah, I, I just I listened to that song on repeat, repeat, not shorts, but Hoochie. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> this is how my brain works when I have coffee during an episode. Uh, <laughs> so, Stephen, one thing I would like to know before we kind of wrap mm -hmm. up, have all these experiences affected your view or relationship with religion? I'm always um, interested in knowing that from other people who, like the three of us, grew up in religious households like how has that affected you through adulthood yeah that's a good question um i think it has a bit um and at risk of sounding really like bitter and jaded i i think though my experiences with like the church and like certain christians have far more affected my relationship with god than this has yes. um because if anything, like I, I, I don't want a faith that I can like read off all the rules and like this is this mm. is exactly how this operates. Like that just if it's too predictable, it's not like beautiful and like mystical, like enough. Like it, I feel like you know God needs to be like unattainable or like what's the word? I don't know. Like um, like you can't quite like know everything about it right there's not like an algorithm exactly yeah. and and um. when we try to like put all these rules to what the spiritual world is like and say no oh, this is exactly how it is then you're putting god in a box and it's like a god that can fit in a box isn't really that majestic yeah <laughs> so yeah. i found it kind of like i don't know it made me kind of rethink on some element you know like like what kind of view do i have of god and it's like i still I would say I believe, um, but it's, it's a very different like type of faith than I had when I was younger, where it was just kind of this blind faith of what I was told. And I'm realizing just through my life and experience, like there's so much to this that I can't like quantify and I can't explain. And that I think makes it more wonderful and more beautiful for me. Mm. Like, I don't know. It's inspiring in a way. Yeah. Speaking of inspirational, have you guys seen the Barbie movie? Yes. yes yes we have so I, uh, <laughs> so good <laughs> we went and saw it at 10 30 this morning because that's what you do when you have a three-year-old and they go to daycare and you both oh work weird schedules and we got yes. uh dressed up in our our best pinks and Aww. went to the theater but it's... yeah man what a great movie it was it's cool to see that somehow they could take a ip like that and turn it into like this comedy think piece uh that just i don't know this isn't a spoiler but my favorite line from the movie is 
once I learned that the patriarchy wasn't about horses, I wasn't that interested. <laughs> I I literally snorted out loud in the theater and you would think we'd be the only people there at 1030. But oh, no, there were six other couples there and I could feel yeah. the judgment looking down on me from my snort. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> it was really funny. Like, I, you know, that, that was I, I enjoyed about that movie was the I knew it would be funny because of the cast, you know, but I some of the jokes I didn't see coming, which was so much yeah. fun uh yeah what a what a great time and then we're going to see oppenheimer friday why my kid is in daycare and we'll get our two movies out of the way for the year so i hear oppenheimer excited. is just as fun of a ride <laughs> i thought you were gonna say i hear it's super light explosive. and funny uh, <laughs> sublime <laughs> yeah <laughs> um oh and for those wondering i didn't get the tv show so uh yeah, that's um, um yeah, I got close. Hear. I got close. I mean, unless somebody drops out or something, maybe they've got me on speed dial, but uh or if one of them is murdered. <laughs> just tell us when to go. If their house mysteriously burns, burns down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Steven's got a new song. He's like, Noah's on the TV show and I burned their house. Anyway, um cut all of that out. Um no. <laughs> But, well, Stephen, is there anything else you wanted to add about your stories? This has been a really cool experience to have you on. This has been fun. I really appreciate y'all talking to me about it. Um, I I guess, you know, I, I really love that I'm getting to write these songs and tell these stories now. Um, so one of the weird kind of aspects of my music career is that I've been a violinist primarily for the bulk of it. I've, you know recorded toured done all the stuff and i pretty much was ready to to end during the pandemic i hung up the fiddle i was like i'll get a real job now to survive and then i just was like i'm not even sure i'm gonna go back to it but then two things happened one i became very miserable not doing music and second i started losing memory because of covid the virus and like after i had it like i was things were shorting out and I started realizing now is the time I need to get back into journaling and I need to start revisiting where I came from and my stories and my past because I don't want to lose any of this. I want to remember it. And as a musician, it just made sense. Let's let's do these songs about the people and the places that mean a lot to me and let's put them into songs. And it's been one of the coolest things just personally, like I'm not doing these songs to try and build this huge artist career or anything it's it's really just the message of the songs themselves and I'm, I'm hoping people can relate to them through their own stories like there's more coming about different people in different houses but it's just I think it's the coolest thing how art can help us process and re-remember and like have closure for things like I'm gonna be 35 next month like, you know, in this case, like probably 30 years later. And yeah, that's just yeah. so cool. Yeah, Absolutely. that's that's going to inspire me to start journaling again. I used to journal all the time, but now I haven't in a while. And I think you're oh. right. I think it helps with like long-term memory, short-term memory, yeah. processing your emotions, all that stuff. It really does. It's so cool that like these memories are coming back and are inspiring things like this but i mean there's so many more just everyday memories that maybe wouldn't make a good song but they're just <laughs> as precious and you know inspiring to me you know and and just to let everybody know what a trooper cat is she actually has covid right now so oh, yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> i know i 
Woke up with a sore throat last weekend and or on Monday and was like, there's no way this is COVID. And but we took a test. I took a test. And it was the faintest of lines, but it was like the universe knew I tested because that day hit me with like all the symptoms. Like no, no. But I'm feeling better, just kind of like just a little out of breath. Have you written any music since then? You know what? I will tomorrow. I'm gonna write a song about it. And dedicate it to all of y'all. I was Sweet. just expecting you to call me an asshole. I was going to end the episode there. <laughs> no, um, I will not. I will not disgrace the ears of the people with um, uh, that song. <laughs> well, Stephen, please tell our audience where they can find all your amazing music. Ah, yeah. Well, I have uh, Maple streaming under the name Bowman on pretty much all your music platforms. So if you just search Bowman and Maple, and then the next single. Uh, comes out on Friday, uh, which would be as of this recording, August fourth, on Instagram, uh, uh, Stephen A. Bowman, or you can find me as Bowman Music on there. Amazing. Cat awesome. um, and JJ, did y'all have any more questions before we wrap up? Uh, no, just thanks for coming on. This was a really fun conversation. I'm searching you on yeah. Spotify right now to follow, to subscribe. Oh, thank you. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm yeah. JJ. I'm Cat. I'm Stephen Bowman. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.